Welcome to Flipsteration, a podcast dedicated to the stories of those who strip, sand, finish, and repeat. Whether you're into furniture flipping as a hobby, a side income, or for restoring the purity of a vintage piece, welcome to the Flipsteration Nation. Uh, today, we're welcoming Irina from Repurposed, Refinished, Upcycled. Uh, she's a furniture artist from New Jersey with 164,000 followers on Instagram and counting, uh, where her passion for gorgeous furniture restorations is easy to see. Uh, Irina, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's such, a, it's such an honor and a pleasure because I have been spending a lot of the last week looking at your Instagram presence and it is amazing. The amount of teaching that you do for this space, we'll get into all that. It's just so exciting. So, But first of all, before we get into all that fun stuff, uh, give me just a little brief introduction on you, maybe how you got into this whole furniture flipping thing. I'm sure the audience is excited to hear from you. So, you know, my name is Irina, which is, you already said that. And, you know, this, I've been doing refinishing for about five years, but really got into like business maybe two years ago, since I got a little more serious, not a hobby, more of a business, you know, where I had to first, my first piece, I literally found on the side of the road that was driving after dropping my daughter off to school. And I see this cute dresser and I don't know, I just had a need to stop. Thank God I have an yeah. SUV. I put it in the truck. <laughs> And I came home and I'm like, you know, it's in great shape. Everything looks fantastic, except like yeah. it had like a little nail polish on top. Like somebody spilled the nail polish. I'm like, I wonder if I can fix that. I went on YouTube. You know, everybody goes on YouTube to research something. And I looked at the materials and process and I did it. You know, looking back now, probably not the best job in the world because, you know, <laughs> I had no tools, nothing. But right. I still did it. I put it for sale and it got sold like in minutes. Really? I'm like, hmm, I think I can yeah. do this. I'm like, go on searching a new piece. And that's, um, awesome. that's how it's kind of got into it because, you know, I always had this like artistic passion in me. I have an accountant degree, which mm -hmm. is I don't do anymore. Uh, still helps with the, my business part, you know, business sure. in the, but, you know, it just it's, makes me fulfill that passion that I have on a daily basis now. Love that. Wow, that's amazing. And so how long ago did you say this was that you picked up the dress? Was that six years you said? That's about like, I think almost six years ago. Wow, is, is that's that amazing. It wasn't anything I planned, researched, wanted to do. I just like, you know, it's standing there. It shouldn't go for garbage. Why? Yeah, that's amazing. And so how, do you recall how much you sold that piece for? Like picked it up off the side of the road, sold it? I for... mean, it was small, you know, now yeah. that I'm doing with this big pieces. I don't remember. It was like, I think I sold it for like $120 or something. Which is and amazing. Like, you know, I got it on the road. I invested maybe less than $20 into, right. you know, I had nothing. I had no sandpaper. I had no nothing. <laughs> the smallest things, cans available and I'm like oh so like made roughly like a hundred bucks in you know wow. just a little over an hour I spent actually working on it but not counting drum drying time that's amazing like, you know that's great that I can do this I love that. And on your pinned, uh, you have a pinned post on your profile that's like the, hey, I'm Irina, this is who I am. And I love that you said, you know, I, I have an accounting degree, I was in that field for a long time. And then, you know, I just found this crazy passion for flipping furniture. And so that was the piece where it really started. Yes, because oh, I said, awesome. I do, I 
studied accounting because I'm good at math. That's what right. I felt like, you know, when I came to this country, um, I didn't speak English that much. And when I started college, um, one of the advisors asked me what, you know, your major would like you would want. I'm like, what's there? So they open in a book and it's like accounting. I'm like, what's accounting? I didn't even know the terminology <laughs> or, you know, like the name for it because we have completely different saying in, you know, in Russian. Sure. So sure. they explained it to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm good at math. I can do that. And I did it. So, you know, wow. I didn't do it out of the passion just because I said I'm good with numbers. You know, yeah. I'm good at math, but it was extremely boring and unfulfilling. And, you know, I really was dragging myself to work every single day when I was mm. working. So now I don't do it. Now my family stops me when I'm working yeah. in the garage. They're like, it's like eight o'clock. <laughs> you need to come in. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. It's almost like this chance of fate where you see this thing on the side of the road, you pick it up, and then suddenly you have this passion. It's a reinvigorated passion, and that's so exciting. I think there's so many things that you said there that I want to dissect. First of all, I have to say that before we started this recording, we were talking about, you know, like where, you know, where your accent's from. You said it was Russian, and I was like, you were talking about the bears in Russia, but the bears are actually worse in New Jersey, you tell me. Yes. <laughs> you have a post recently Especially where a bear was like 10 feet away from you. Man. Yeah, that's that's so funny. Uh, but then but then something else that you said there that was so interesting was that you still uh, use your accounting degree uh, in in the in the kind of the business side of what you do. I know that for a lot of us as furniture flippers, you know, we don't really think about the numbers of these things. Can you, is there somewhere specifically that you tend to like think in accounting for, you know, furniture flipping or is it mostly just in like the bookkeeping of things? Like where do you apply that? I would say more of a bookkeeping part of it and kind of keeping, you know, credit and debit balance, you know, you, you want it to, um, you know, it's still a business, especially as I said, like sure. last two years, it definitely is a business. You know, I have many clients 100%. that, um, you know, that I work with. So, you know, it's not like just a, some side hobby or I just do yeah. something when I feel like it, you know, I have obligations, mm. I have deadlines and I have things to do. You know, on top of it, I do have a family that requires another attention. So it's not just accounting. It just is uh, just stay on, um, you know, put my numbers, hours right so I can manage everything smoothly. That's smart. That's so smart. And so, I mean, you said there that, you know, there was this there's this moment that you went from side gig. I think you said two years ago yes. to like full time. I think it's actually COVID time. So it's a little more oh, maybe yeah. than, uh, as I said, two years, roughly two years ago, I made my Instagram, but it's like when COVID, before COVID, I was doing pieces, pretty popular, you know, like mm. kind of ongoing. And then COVID happens. I'm like, oh my God, it's done. That's it. Like now. Yeah. And, but I had few pieces that were unfinished few and I'm talking about I'm like a hoarder I have like 10 at least had in my <laughs> storage I'm like you know what I'm gonna make them anyway now that yeah. I have all this time in the world so you know I'm just gonna do it and if nobody can buy them I don't know I'm just gonna stick them back in the you know in the shed um because we bought a specific shed for my storage <laughs> so, but I start doing it and it's only took a week of like everybody kind of went into this under the ground. Everybody was mm. quiet and scared. 
But after a week, I feel like more people looked around in their home because now they were at home all the time. And it's like, absolutely. I don't like my furniture. Or I don't like, I want to change everybody, <laughs> you know. And then so many stores closed. So many things are not mm. available, you know. So people like did go online. Everybody went online. Absolutely. And I became that from that second week, I was became extremely, you know, busy and popular and people were was like, and everybody still didn't meet. So everybody would drop like no contact on my driveway. I would have this like hordes of furniture. I would work, <laughs> I would stick it back to my driveway. They would come pick up, like just pay online, you know, all like online transactions. So we there you go. basically never saw each other or, you know, interact in any ways. They're still safe and everything. But, you know, it was, as I said, like blessing in disguise. Like, you know, I was still home, but I was doing being productive because I probably would have gone crazy just to, you know, not Absolutely. do anything. And how many movies you can watch. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> There's only so much on Netflix before yes. you just run out, right? True. So that transition that you made from, you know, side gig to full-time work, we talked to a lot of folks in this podcast who have, you know, a lot of followers on Instagram and they're, you know, they're, they're pulling big numbers in that space, but they always talk about this idea of wanting to go full-time with this. Like if only I could do that was there a decision or a number of decisions that you made along the way that actually got you to that full-time spot was it just saying hey i'm gonna do these 10 and the selling these will allow me to go full-time like how did that decision come about because i know a lot of people would be interested in that a lot of people think that it's you know if, if they think that way i feel like it's a wrong way of thinking you want oh, okay, to yeah. focus on just do daily Everybody, many people ask mm. me even, how did you start? Yes, full time. It just, I mm. did it every day. What I did, mm. no matter what, as I said, even when COVID hit. So you just continue to do what you do mm. and it will eventually pick up. No progress gotcha. just jumps from, I mean, I wouldn't say no progress, but in most cases, it never happens. You, you know. From one day to another, you just become a celebrity or productive or anything overnight. Nothing happens overnight. It just right. every day, little things you do, what you learn, what you how you apply yourself. And then eventually you're going to see that um, progress. You're going to see that. And, you know, so it was never that like decision one kind of like I'm going to do 10 dressers if all of them being sold. And, uh, you know, as I said, I was prepared to do dressers even nobody will buy them i don't know i'm just gonna do them maybe i'll just you know give them away after you know but it's you know i feel like it's a passion that you put in it and your you know really your personality really yourself into mm. your work and then it just you know other people will see it <laughs> i love that i love that that's so good and so as you know, I was looking back and you said that you started this six years ago. And what stuck out to me about that was that, you know, when we do this podcast, we have a lot of furniture refinishers that come on and they're the furniture flippers that they started in COVID. That was when they really got down mm -hmm. to the business of doing this. And I think everybody in COVID, of course, took up a hobby. But yes. these folks, they started in COVID and they just continued. Um, 
what do you think as you've done it for now six years, you know, that that was probably a big jump in interest that you talked about that you saw. But what did you learn? How is how have things shifted since COVID for this for the furniture refinishing industry for you? Because you were in it for four years before, you know, kind of this big influx of people came in. Has there been a shift for you, a shift in business, a shift in the amount of people that are interested? Like what has changed for you? For me personally, when it comes to refinishing, many new products I learned about, many mm. um, more efficient tools I started to use, um, and right. you know, kind of really finding me, my style in the way I do it, uh, the way I finish French. Of course, I have many clients that just come and tell me what to do, and I just do it. I mean, they, they pay and they get in what they want. But, you know, if it's a piece that I'm working on, when I see a piece, I already have an idea what I'm going to do with it. Like, I have a vision for it. Um, so, so it's really, as I said, just learning new products and new ways to do it. That's kind of, you know, that's the biggest, you know, because I still, I was doing it then, kind of doing it before, but in more efficient and better way mm. and i feel like more quality work right now than it was two years ago talk to me about a little bit about that vision because that's something that again fascinates me as i talk to more and more refinishers they all seem to have this ability to see a piece and look at it and go i know what this is going to look like at the end almost immediately it was you know, for me, as I hear your story, you were an accountant, you know, like that, that just that doesn't seem to be the skill set of someone who, you know, is great at math and all of that stuff. Did you learn that somewhere? Or is that something that you've always had? Like, have you developed that ability to see and then just develop? Like, how did that come about? So when I was a child in Russia, I went to art school and art school in Russia is not something like I would say in America, people took some you know, classes, like some art classes. No, it was a school. School where you learn sculpture, you learn uh, how you draw with the pencil, how you draw with, um, you know, like the water paints. Uh, there is a history mm -hmm. of art. It was five days a week. Um, you go and it's specific, like building allocated, you know, and it's like a full, you know, and, you know, you get like a full idea of art and appreciation and That's i remember cool. my mom constantly taking me to museum and art galleries which is i still do the same with my children now but i don't know that i feel like developed that artistic like part of me that always been in me and that i enjoyed so much it's always been throughout you know throughout my life um so as i said when this came to you know opportunity i snatched it so fast because you know i'm like i can now finally you know fulfill it that's so good i love that that's so good do your kids enjoy uh getting into the furniture thing or are they kind of like that's mama's thing not my thing like where are your kids in that i have my oldest son is pretty much my muscle when it comes to lifting all those pieces you know if i need any that's help awesome. you know my daughter is like you know She's definitely not her thing, even though she is pretty artistic, mm -hmm. too. I think she definitely inherited that from me. But, uh, yeah. you know, she did during COVID one piece of furniture. She's like, Mom, let me, can I do it? She was like, and she did oh. it like this little side table. She did it everything by herself. And we put it for sale and it wow. sold. 
and she got her money. But then after that, she's like, that was way too much work. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so it is a lot of work. Of, yeah, she, she finished her career right there. She's like... That's it. <laughs> She's done. <laughs> you do, you know, on a more serious note, you do have to have a passion for it. I mean, it is a big job to refinish a piece of furniture. And and that's where I feel like a lot of the success that I've heard from about is, you know, these people that like you, they say like, they have to drag me inside at eight o'clock because I've, I'm, I'm ready to continue, continue, continue to push. And I love that, man. That's so funny. <laughs> Too much work, man. So Irina, you do client pieces, right? Like, is that, is that a bulk of the work that you do, do you think? Or do you, do you half and half it with like personal projects that you just like to kind of flip kind of, where does your, where does your split in time go? Probably, I would say 60-40, but 60 will be mm -hmm. client's pieces because right That's now awesome. I have a big clientele in, you know, in my area. And it's like just by word of mouth, like I don't advertise. Yeah. It's always I get daily emails, messages, calls, my cousin, my neighbor, my somebody recommended and, you know, we loved your work. They came to the home and they saw it and you know, they, they just want something, you know, they want to change. So they either pick from my unfinished inventory or they bring their furniture that they had, you know, and just give mm. them because they're like, oh, we were thinking, you know, buying new, but then we see what you do. And then, you know, so that's really majority of it. Pretty much my pieces, I kind of fill in the spots. Like if I have just the free time or I can, you know, add another dresser, um, into my routine because I never work on one piece. I actually do mm -hmm. like three to five pieces at the same time. I prep oh, wow. them at the same time. Like I prime them, I paint, I put hardware, I seal it. So that's, you know, I don't like to, I don't like watching paint dry. <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want just, you know, when I work on so many pieces, I feel like I never have a time to sit down and, you know, relax or wait, I have to wait. So it's always something. So I work on the multiple pieces. So as I said, I have my kind of, as I said, around three to five pieces a week um, I do. Wow. That's amazing. See, so we were talking about this on a, on a recent time that uh, when Gary and I uh, and Brian, the three kind of podcast hosts, hung out together, we were talking about this idea of lean principles. And the idea of that is that you don't waste your time. You know what I mean? Like we, we pull back things that we need to pull back, but we don't waste time. And one of the ways that we talk about it with, you know, Stripwell QCS and with other things is, you know, we say as you're waiting for QCS to work, you can be doing something else. That's what's really cool about it is that, you know, you can work on these multiple projects at the same time. And that's kind of what you're talking about is being efficient as you work on projects, especially when it comes to client pieces. You've got to turn these, you have deadlines, things like that, right? Yes, absolutely. You're very correct on that. Well, one thing that we like to ask all of our guests, and I know that we pre-asked you this, right? But um, was there a fail that you had with whether a client piece, personal piece, like you just were like, I tried everything, it didn't work, or I had to fix something? Like, what's the biggest fail of your flipping career? I think biggest fail, it was, I don't know how many, probably like two, three years ago, it was hot, humid day in the summer. And mm -hmm. I worked on like four pieces and I paint them. I mean, I prepped them. I I didn't prime them. You know, not I didn't okay. prime all the pieces back then, which is now I do. But maybe you know, that's another thing. But I paint them. Everything they look fantastic. And then I accidentally just kind of 
scratched it and the paint just like came off. Oh no. And I'm like, what? And I took a little party knife and I'm just, and I could like just peel all the paint. Oh no. And I'm like, and then all four pieces and they had details and everything. (laughs) The biggest thing I think it was because of the humidity was way too humid. So I literally had to sand all four pieces again completely and just leave them and wait for better weather. I was like borderline crying and wanted to just burn them (laughs) on my fire pit. But, you know, they were client pieces that they brought it to me. So it was not an option. Like I had to make it work, but you know, that's, I feel like, you know, especially that all my work I do in the garage, you know, and I live in New Jersey with four extreme seasons, you know, that, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's not always ideal, you know, temperature that you want. Even this morning I woke up, I think it was like 21 degrees this morning. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I'm not working, <laughs> you know, in the <laughs> this morning, I'm just going to warm up to 42, which is for New Jersey. It's wonderful, but I do have it here in the winter. But yeah, it's temperatures, you know, certain temperatures and certain products don't work, you know, no matter what you do. And you need to have oh knowledge gosh. of that, which is unfortunately, I learned the hard way. I, I just, I had like nightmares of the idea of, of having four pieces that you thought were done and you're ready to go. And then you go all the way back. Oh, that's awful. I'm so sorry. That, that, was, that was not, and my family, I think still remembers that my like breakdown afterwards like where I came with <laughs> borderline crying and you know they all oh, saying no. it's gonna be okay but you know yeah you just I mean you do what you do <laughs> you do what you gotta you do, yeah, do what you, you gotta do, do. Yep. oh that's so sad well I love that because I mean essentially making the fails you learn the biggest lessons right I feel like a lot of the times becoming a master at something is really failing forward right and so what I loved is I saw this on your Instagram you know like you're trying to help people maybe even overcome some of those fails so that they don't necessarily have to I saw that you have a complete beginner's guide to painting furniture on Instagram and again uh for the audience, her Instagram is be listed in the uh, link in the description of this podcast kind of a thing. Um, but tell me a little bit about how you are helping people as they're on their journey, because you've been doing this for a while and you've learned a lot. Uh, you've got a, I think, private Instagram page, I believe, that people can, you know, learn and pay to be a part of. Can you tell me a little bit about that kind of side of your business, which is, I thought that was really cool. So I created that guide maybe like a year ago because many people mm-hmm. ask and I try to answer as many questions as I can. But, you sure. know, when I see my DM and I see a hundred, you know, messages regarding, you know, like help, I usually during the day I work at night, I sit down and I try to do all the like answering and, you know, but sometimes like you either answer the same questions or, you know, like. The, mm-hmm. the whole process. I mean, if it's a small question, I can answer. If you're asking me where to start, what to do, how to do material, everything, it's quite impossible, you know. So that's yeah. why I created step by step, which just took me actually a whole week to record it because, you know, it's not as fast as you think. Like each process, right. each product, the whole, you know, list of things that you would need for, you know, to start this journey or start even if you just want to do it for yourself, you know, um, if you want right. to, just, to finish one of the pieces you have at home just to spruce up your decor. Um, so I just created this like 
really detailed step by step for beginner who who, who knows right. nothing about furniture, nothing about materials, and can just watch this. And it's you know probably will take you a couple hours to watch it, you know everything. But then you can go with the list, buy everything, and you know you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. You can start this career. And even like you said, you know, you picked up something, the very first piece that you flipped, you sell for $120. I know that based on the prices that I saw in your class, it's less than that. So I mean, really, you can almost make that money back with the first flip is kind of what I get is what, what I would think. Absolutely. I didn't want to put, you know, big price on my class or anything. It's not my main thing. It just said it did take me a long time to record it. So I do. Absolutely. it is a fee to enter it but i do put so many free um you know tips and tricks on my main page you know i if i learn something and it's easy or great tool i always share i always share i always want you to anyone to be able to do the same thing yeah no that's that's amazing and so one of the things that you do as well that i thought was so impactful and impressive to me is just as I look at your Instagram presence, as I look at your social media presence, I mean, the amount of engagement that you get is very, very high uh, in comparison to, you know, even just, you know, the follower count that you have, the, the, you know, the normal, the normal engagement rate, yours is much higher. Is there something that you're doing as you're you know, cause a lot of these people that we talk to and a lot of our listeners are trying to set up a business where they engage with a lot of people on social media. You seem to have a great way of, raising that engagement level. Is there a way that you intentionally do that? Do you ask questions? Like, do you just try to interact as much as you can with people? Like, how does that happen? I mean, main thing, be yourself. I never try Mm. to copy anyone. I never try to, you know, just put information that is useful out there that I think is useful for other people. And I just try to, you know, help people as much as I can. And just, you know, there is no special formula. I feel like you have to be consistent. You have to be genuine. Mm-hmm. You have to be yourself. You, it's not about, you know, sometimes when um, I even watch my videos that I do, I do look like a homeless woman in most of them. <laughs> because, you know, it's no. not a fashion contest. You don't need like a yeah. Instagram perfect appearance, Instagram perfect you know, studio, Instagram, perfect, like cameras. You, It's literally my tripod that seen better days and my iPhone and just, you know, perfect. some old clothes from my son <laughs> you know, that I wear when I work. That's it. And I just, you know, as I said, just, just be yourself, make your, make your account useful, put information Absolutely. that will help others. And I think that's the only trick and consistency. Just be consistent. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Run the marketing course next, Irene. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So one other subject that I wanted to chat with you about was four days ago, uh, as of recording this podcast, which again, link will be in the description for this post. You rescued this beautiful hutch from the landfill. I think it was a, I think it was a hutch that you rescued from the landfill. I love seeing kind of the transformation that you put into that one. But it's one of the things that I think is a big misconception about furniture flipping and the people that will uh, maybe even paint older furniture. There's definitely a crowd online that is, you know, never paint furniture and never, you know, you're ruining it kind of a thing. Um, but one of the things 
things that I've found literally 100% of the time with furniture flippers is that most of the time they're rescuing pieces from the landfill. They're rescuing pieces from never having a life anymore inside of a home. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Have you experienced any of that maybe hate online? And then, you know, do you, does, is that a passion point for you rescuing pieces of furniture? So I have a name for those people. It's a furniture okay. police. You know, <laughs> it's always going to be those people that it's always my comments divided into two categories. People who love sure. what I do and love painted furniture and people hate me with passion that I destroyed this furniture. So it's right. rarely middle ground. It's always those two. But um, I just, I don't respond. There is no negativity on my page. Mm -hmm. I They can Got put it. anything. They actually bring engagement, believe it or not. So for whoever sure. sees those comments on their post, don't delete them. Just don't delete them. Yeah. Just let them be. Oh. Because they just drive your engagement. Which just brings more people and it's being pushed to more people out there. there but, you, you know, when it comes to painted furniture, and I paint a lot of furniture, I still enjoy, like, re restoration and preservation of certain pieces. And I've been doing it for a while. And there is some pieces I came across that I didn't want to paint. I don't want to paint right. that. I want to restore it. I mean, with your product, QCS, makes my life much easier that I can oh, actually do that. You know, I recently finished the piece, which is I'm going to today, I'm going to photograph that I completely restored, which is I was mm. very proud of myself that I did it. But, you know, there's certain pieces you want to preserve that history. You want to have that, you know, they don't make those pieces anymore. And if the furniture mm. lived for like 100, 200 years, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's in a great shape. And, you know, those pieces I restore. But there is some pieces that just screams for paint, just paint. Mm. Because, you know, there is no way they too much damage, too much, you know, um, just impossible to bring it to right. this original glory so it just gives a modern look just gives more opportunity for that furniture to be used again in today's you know in today's home in today's decor that you know people have absolutely and it gives the, it gives it an extended life right yes. it allows that beauty to continue to stay to stay in someone's home which i think is really really important i had a client that um she lives actually like two streets away her great grand I think it's like fourth or fifth generation. Um, so for one of the grandfathers built that. And now, wow. and it was going from, you know, generation to generation. And her being a young family right now with her husband and two little kids, they bought a home from, you know, the parents and they're moving in and there. So she brought me these two pieces, one piece and had a date and it was 1931. And another one, it didn't have a date, but when I researched it, it was over 250 years old. You know, those kind wow. of pieces. And she had them. And this is from her house, like from all her family, all those generations, which is incredible that somebody, you know, still have that, right? Mm. And, you know, I restored those pieces for her. So now, not that she's going to enjoy them. It's how many generations after will. And, you know, when it's ready to be restored again, hopefully somebody else will restore them and continue that, you know, piece of history that, you know, something, I don't know, something that made 
that many years ago should be preserved. I love thinking about the history of these pieces because I was at, I was getting my, my newborn son, we had to get his, you know, birth certificate or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we go to the registrar's office and they had this, they had all of these pieces of history sitting in this cabinet. They had Mm -hmm. one that was a jury book of people that signed in in the early 1900s. And I'm sitting there going, wow, that's amazing. But then as I look at a lot of the things that QCS is helping restoring uh, and a lot of, you know, people like you as we're restoring, it's double as old as these things that I was like, wow, look how old these are. Look how much history there is in this. It's incredible the amount of history that's in these pieces. And I think it's really cool that we get to respect them and give them either restored life, new life, whatever you want to call it. That just, that's such an exciting prospect. Absolutely. So Irina, from, from where I sit, you've crushed it, right? You've been doing it for six years. You've got a business. You've got a thriving Instagram kind of account, stuff like that. Do you have a dream for where you go next as a furniture flipper restorer? Is it just to build the business? Like, where, What comes next for you? I definitely don't want any... Many people ask me, you know, are you going to open your store? Are you going to have your showroom or any of that? I actually don't want. Because, you know, we are first time in the history where we can advertise our business from our home with no additional help with anybody. We don't need anybody. You can do everything yourself. I'm literally one person show for now. Maybe I will get some help later on in the, you know, eventually. But I I just enjoy being still being able to have a business make a living out of it, help support my family, but also be able to be home, set up my own hours, Mm. you know, be free where I'm not, I feel like if I'm opening up to a little bigger um, store or anything, then I'm really locked in. This way, as I said, I do enjoy my flexibility in my hours, in my work, what I can do. I, you know, I determine everything. And I feel so far my time management has been great. Um, but that's, you know, I might do a little more teaching, maybe set up some classes. I was thinking about that. But that's the only thing, you know, I would be willing to do. Because, you know, the more people we teach about restoration or painting furniture, it helps the environment. It's, you know, Mm. instead of all that furniture going into landfill and polluting our planet. So if we can make Mm. just that little contribution towards it, we should. Oh, I love that. Okay. And one last question for you, Irina. As you go, I know that people do need to follow you on Instagram. Again, if you're listening, go follow her right now (laughs) because she has so many good tips and tricks. But what would be a nugget of wisdom that you would have uh, for the newer flipper and restorer? What would be something that you could pass on to them? I would say start small. Follow accounts that have been doing this for a while. Learn from them. Ask questions. Furniture flipping community is extremely helpful and supportive and always eager to help. So far, I, mm. I ask many questions, you know, myself and we collaborate with other people and, you know, everybody really supportive and helping because, you know, you just do, just, just start. And then don't compare yourself. Just try to find mm. your own style, trying to find your own way. Just, you know, just have fun. Enjoy what that. you do. Just put yourself, your, you know, 
your soul into it. Your let your、mm. creative juices go. I love that. Man, that's amazing, Irina. Thank you so much. I know that's gonna just help so many people, and we just appreciate having you on today. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, friends, I wanted to say thank you so very much for joining us today on the Flips Duration Nation podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can do so by leaving us a rating if you're over on Apple Podcasts, and by subscribing on any podcast platform that you're on, so that you know exactly when the next episode drops. If you loved this episode, you can share it with a friend. That really helps us get the word about Flips Duration Nation out. This podcast is produced entirely by the Stripwell team here at Stripwell. Our goal is to help every single restorer and flipper have a more quick. Clean and safe way to practice their passion, their work, and their side hustle. Our flagship product is called QCS, which stands for Quick, Clean, and Safe, and it's an entirely eco-friendly, no VOC, non-flammable vintage furniture stripper. You can pick yours up today by heading to stripwell.com. And friends, the reason that we produce this podcast here at Stripwell is so that you can just have yet another free resource to help your flipping journey become better and better as you continue to flip and restore incredible furniture. If we can. Do anything to help your flipping journey. Please be sure to reach out to us on Instagram. We are at Stripwell, S-T-R-I-P-W-E-L-L, or you can find that in the podcast description down below. As always, friends, keep on flipping, and we will see you in the next one.